Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 100 of Swiss Army Scorpion's Tuesday Gaming Podcast. It's hard to believe it's been just over two years already since we started this little venture. Who would have thought there was actually an audience willing, nay, eager, to listen to the six of us nutjobs ramble on about magic and piracy and rolling dice week after week? From our early days being press gang misfits aboard a strange ship, to taking a ship of our own, to rising through the ranks in this world of pirates, you guys have been here through it all. And from the bottom of our nerdy little hearts, we thank you. Now, a quick word concerning this particular episode. I know episode 50 wound up being the epic climax to book two of our little adventure. And we were able to bring you a great two-part finale there. But unfortunately, that same serendipitous confluence of events just did not materialize this time around. There were conversations among the group about possibly attempting to stretch out the events of the end of book four in order to line up that finale with episode 100. But we ultimately decided against that in favor of keeping our story moving and keeping the narrative going, rather than forcing it to stagnate for several episodes just to manufacture that moment. I personally hate all of the filler episodes on TV shows that they put out just to try and fill a 22-episode season, and we weren't about to subject our loyal listeners to that type of content either. So episode 100 here is just going to be, quote, just another episode, end quote. Also, the day you're hearing this is the last day for our submissions for our art contest for most of you. For our $10 and higher patrons, you still have a few days left, so get to drawing. We'll announce the winner of our art contest and the recipient of their very own Swiss Army Scorpion t-shirt next week. So be sure to tune in then as well to find out who the talented soul is. Lastly, of course, is our reminder to please, please rate us and review us on whichever platform you choose to listen to us on. Hell, if you're so inclined, we would absolutely love it if you guys would go and rate us and review us on platforms you don't listen to us on. Help more people find us. I promise, more people listening to this podcast is not going to take anything away from your listening experience. So go out and share the Swiss Army Scorpion love. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Wander on over to our Discord server where we're always around to chat with our fans. And last but certainly not least, please head on over to our Patreon page and donate to the show if you can. I know times are tough, what with this global pandemic sweeping through and all, but your donations really do go a long way towards helping us keep the show going and growing. I promise, we're not wasting your donations on Hooker and Blow. We're spending your donations on Hookers and Blow. It's only a waste if you don't need it, right? I'm kidding, of course, but your contributions to the show really are appreciated, and they really do help us out so much with running the show and keeping it going. But that's enough blathering from me. So here we go. Please enjoy episode 100, Never Trust a Dead Body. Historical sex. Welcome back to Tuesday Gaming. We are Swiss Army Scorpion. And as usual, we are starting off in the middle of a combat. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, uh, hey, so I wanted to bring that up. Uh, how desperate are we to stay on this island right now? Like, can we just call (laughs) it? Just be like, no. Not, not this time. Are you ready to dimension door off just right now? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, close. As far as dimension dooring, I don't think you're in range of the ship right now. So okay. you guys uh, sailed to the fun little resort island, Dagon's Jaws, in search of um, Skag's Rocker. You, you've you've heard some. Some weird rumors about this island. You learned about a navigational air, uh, a navigational hazard, which involves a the fact that the islands are iron heavy and they knock your compasses off. You carefully piloted your way between the so Dagon's Jaw is actually two separate islands. Uh, you carefully piloted your way between the two, and you've landed on this beach. So there, there's a big island that was like more like jungly. And then the smaller island is more like rocky outcroppings and stuff like that. Do we know that uh, that his first mate is on the island? As far as you guys know, he is on this island, or at the very least was last seen uh, shooting the gullet to elude Barnabas Harrigan. Uh, so you landed on this beach, and Devot said, hey, a dead body, and kicked it. And uh, it turned out to be an undead... Uh, lying in wait, and you were ambushed by a group of uh, Lacedons. And just when you guys had everything under control, uh, two more undead creatures swam in 
and I believe Ivan got crit by one. I was hoping you forgot about that. So it's now Ivan's turn, and I guess I'll roll that bleed now. You're going to take 15 bleed damage. You're, so you're bleeding pretty bad. Well, that wasn't smart, because when you have a wild animal and they're hurt, they get more ferocious. Everybody who wants to, uh, not to cut you off again, uh, Ivan, but everybody who wants to can make a knowledge religion check on these guys. 13 for the wait, wait and hear the results of this. 33 for Leon. <laughs> I do love that Leon gets a 33 on, like, an average roll. <laughs> yeah, Leon's cool. <laughs> 11 for Cheryl. 19. Okay, so Scram and Leon identify these creatures as Rykolokuses. Scram, you can ask one question. Say that ten times fast. Right? Scram, you can ask one question. Leon, you can ask three. What's their best save? Their best save is Will. Leon? Do they have a special power? They have two. Uh... Would you like to know the short-term or the long-term special power? Or you can just know both by asking two questions. I'll, I'll know both by asking two questions. All right, so the uh, one of their special abilities is any humanoid or monstrous humanoid creature that are killed by these Brycholocus uh, rise as Lacedons in 1d4 days under the control of the Brycholocus that killed it. Uh, the other one is called Death Throes. When a Brycholocus is killed, its body is reduced to a pool of deadly poison that fills a 10-foot area, and the poison disperses in one round if underwater, or 1d2 rounds if on land. Could you all, all right. feel, feel Tom's fear the minute <laughs> Axel said poison? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so Ivan, you are up. Let's do what any wounded wild animal would do. The green guy is the one that crit me? Yeah. Then I will do a full round attack on the green guy. Do I have rage right now? No. Like, what are you doing? Why are we even bringing you around if I don't have rage? Because we didn't need it against the little piddly zombie things. I know. <laughs> and I will... I feel like whenever we fight undeads, they're pretty easy to hit. So I'm going to power attack. And let's start with a bite. Okay. That's a 25 to hit. That's... And can somebody uh, quickly uh, run through what Ivan's attacks count as versus DR? Is it just magic? Um, I want to see. Yeah, this should just be magic. Right. Um, By the way, they might have damage reduction. I think it's just magic, but they can increase, but I'm not at a high enough level where they get that yet. What is the enhancement bonus on your uh, natural attacks? It's plus two from his amulet, so I think that makes him like silver or something like that. I think so, too. Okay, so it's 28 piercing damage from the bite, another 4 lightning damage. All right. And I'm going to move on to the claw attacks. Uh, first one's a 24 to hit. That hits. That's going to be 24 slashing damage plus another 4 lightning damage and 1 acid damage. The second claw hits for 29, or hits with a 29 for... 24 damage plus 3 lightning damage and 6 acid damage. You pummel it pretty good, but it looks like uh, a portion of Ivan's attacks are being absorbed by some sort of damage reduction. Damn, that's a pretty good damage reduction. Well, uh, I looked it up and plus 2 doesn't add anything. until you, It's not until you get to plus 3 that you get a whole bunch of other ones. Uh, like cold iron and silver and stuff like that. So right now your attacks are only magic versus damage reduction. Uh, so it is now Cheryl's turn. So I'm going to do some attacking, but I have a question. How menacing do these things look in terms of other things that we've been facing? Do I get the feeling that, um, like, we just got here, right? So I don't really want to bless up on my book right away, unless these guys look really well, menacing, and I don't think that they do. Well, you just saw Ivan, like, unload on this thing, and it is in, still in pretty good shape. See see this guy here? Yeah. There was, Smoke I think, there. four of them originally, and when I did my normal full round, I just was like, pop, pop, pop. So this guy is probably not that strong. These two are probably pretty strong, but I, if you're concerned about putting your Bane on, you might want to hold off so you don't Bane undead, because we are here yeah. going after a, a actual specific living guy. human. Yeah, okay. 
So you could probably get away without using Bane. I was just wondering. Save it. Yeah. For a boss fight, quote unquote. All right, cool. I was and just I wondering, say, you know, uh, like, threat level. Cause like, we go against some crazy shit, and yeah. uh, like they don't seem these, super crazy. These guys were the threat. These things were the bait. <laughs> Alright, well, looks like I'll take care of some bait. Here comes Cheryl waddling over here. <laughs> All right. Do a move action to get to him. And then, uh, uh, you could charge him. Yeah, of course I'm going to charge him. And I'm going to charge and attack. Barrel, 25. That'll hit. 12 damage. And let that be a lesson to him. <laughs> Got him. Got him. Alright, that takes care of him. Nice. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, but in, in my mind, for some reason, I keep envisioning Cheryl has put his book, like, on the end of, like, a staff. <laughs> so he's pole-arming with this book. <laughs> That'll be the next upgrade. I keep thinking that it's, like, on a chain that he's, like, swinging around like a flail. Oh, that's actually pretty I'm good, imagining too, the, I'm the imagining chain. the chain is, like, the pull cord for a lawnmower, so every time he swings, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> you you gotta you gotta find some enchantment that you can put on the chain so you can now throw the book like it has the returning property. Yeah, right. Just boomeranging people to death with your book from a distance. <laughs> I just like looking at your book to see how good you are at getting and at the whole coloring in the lines thing. <laughs> <laughs> like his progression. His, your progression is really good, man. I'm getting impressed. Alright, Scram, you're up. Screw it. Telekinetic charge. I'm tossing something this turn. <laughs> Oh, the uh, old standby. I'm throw Cheryl. Oh, oh no! Behind the uh, the green one. <laughs> yeah, so make a right make now? an attack roll. You got a plus two bonus on it, I think, for charging. And then uh, plus another two for uh, for um, being flanked. Yep. So plus plus That's four right. in your attack roll. Actually, it's more than that because uh, Cheryl has outflanked, so he gets a plus oh, four Jesus. for flanking instead of two. A plus six on your attack roll. Oh, so. oh. Add, add six to that. Thirty-one. Yeah, that'll hit. Uh, fifteen. And what uh, what enhancement bonus does your book have? Um, a lot more. Oh wait, your book is treated as a cold iron light mace, correct? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so you're gonna you're gonna carve right through their damage reduction and deal oh, full fifteen ooh, damage. Cheryl, nice. that's surprising. There you go. Cheryl's a cannonball. Yeah. <laughs> All right, then it is Devoth's turn. All right, so Devoth is going to, first things first, uh, move action, inspire rage. Ah, there it is. So so everyone can toggle that on, and everyone also benefits from the fast healing from that right now. Oh, that's right, and does that take care of my bleed? Yeah, it will. Yeah, turns your bleed off. Oh my god, you are too strong. You need to kill Devoth. I'm (laughs) sorry. Uh, And uh, Devoth is actually going to vital strike the green one. See if we can take this guy down first. Ooh, okay. That's a twenty-two to hit. That hits. I rolled a two. Way to go. <laughs> oh, and that's fifty damage. Oh, spicy. It's nice when you get a big number on damage reduction. Yeah, and I take four damage back from uh, vicious. All right. He's still up. Wow. Oh hell yeah! And it is now Leon's turn. Um. Uh, well. I know he's going to get the fast healing, but I still think I should tend to uh, Ivan's wound. So I'm going to hustle on up there and get right up on him and touch him with a cure serious. Oh, maybe not. Don't do that. Not not that kind of cure. I'm, I'm only right, missing I'm gonna... 20 hit, hit points. Oh, you're only missing 20? Yeah. I'm still going to heal you. I'll just hit you with a moderate, though. Yeah. Just give me that light love. 13. Haha, <laughs> two ones. You suck. He still did a 13 on two ones. Yeah. In fact, uh, the number you add to it was at your level, plus 11. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you can only roll a 16 between the two dice. Okay, it is now the Brycholokos' turn. And this guy's going to move here, here, and here. Hey! And he's going after Leon. Hey. So, attack of opportunity? <laughs> yeah, Devoth gets an attack of opportunity. Oh, oh no! There's a no. De- Devoth! Is that a natural me- one? You're going to kill me again. That's a natural one with a nat twenty to to you know not confirm it. So well, you didn't nice. confirm. All right, so good old Bluey's gonna take a claw, take a swipe at Leon, and that is a twenty eight to hit. Ah, uh, that's gonna that's gonna hit. Yeah. Wait, doesn't uh, what's his name? 
back up. No, he was never within reach of Leo, of uh, Ivan. Ivan only yeah, he was. Oh yeah, he was. No, Ivan has a five foot reach. He was not in. Yes, but he started. But he started right here, which was in reach. Oh yeah, right. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Good call, Tom. Adam. Boy, Tom. Yeah, I'm paying Save attention. Save my life. <laughs> I can't throw things. I'm going to pay attention. Uh, <laughs> I have a natural one. <laughs> roll to confirm. Uh, what I got to roll to confirm all. that? Jesus. Nope. Didn't confirm all right. that. Wow. <laughs> so, he, so he just dances through those whiffs. You're all disappointing <laughs> me. <laughs> all right. Wait. I got one more. Cheryl the Barrel also is threatening yeah. it. Holy shit, you're yeah, right. <laughs> Alright, Cheryl, your turn. That one. Third whiff, let's go. No, I don't want to. Uh... Yeah, but your book's on a chain, so don't worry. Ah, <laughs> uh, 37. No natural one. Me. Yeah, that hits. Holy shit, you only rolled a 13? 19 damage. Alright. Do I describe my kill? <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm like, ah. Uh... This is the first time that guy's been hit. He's fine. Yeah, so he he just oh, oh he takes oh, that's a right. No, we've been blasting. He takes a book to the back as he as he uh, moves around to Leon, and I will now uh, reveal that I max rolled that damage. Uh, so Leon takes eighteen damage, and I need a fortitude save versus its disease-ridden claws. Oh, I got a thirteen. Okay, you're not feeling too good. I'm not no debilitating effects right now, but you definitely feel some something creeping through your bloodstream. And uh, that brings us to the second Brycolocus. And you know what? Everybody just took their attacks for opportunity, so Green is going to boot scoot his way over to the wizard. These things are smart. <laughs> too smart. It's like Tell they us. know the rules better than us. Mm. So let's see. That's a oh, that's a twenty eight to hit. Yeah, that hits. Okay, you take fifteen damage and give me a fortitude save. Ooh, twenty five. All right, you uh you save against the disease. Okay, so it is now Ivan's After turn. After being poisoned so many times, <laughs> he's got that immunity. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot charge blue, correct? Correct. All right, we're going after green. Okay. Uh, we'll bite. That's a thirty five to hit. That hits. And 29 damage plus 3 lightning. Uh, you killed him. Ow. Well, that's my turn. <laughs> uh, oh, goody. Uh, so it is going to evolve and it's going to dissolve into goop. Oh, God. All right, so if it's a 10-foot radius spread, that means it's 10 feet out from the square it occupied, right? Yeah. Everybody that's in so that nice. area make a fortitude save versus the poison. <laughs> yes! Thank God. Well, I got an 8 on mine. Alright. 21. Let's go. Okay. So Ivan and Scram save against the poison. Leon is exposed. It seems to have an onset, though, so Le uh, Leon is not immediately going to be taking any debilitating effects, but... You are now diseased and poisoned. Yeah. Um, cool. I have a question. Yeah. So he exploded, and I assume we got, like, innards and goop and... Everything that was inside of him on us, which is why we would be poisoned. It was more, it's more like he like melted into a puddle and then the puddle is kind of like, like fumes are just kind of like spilling upward from uh, the puddle. Okay. Yeah, it's like poisonous vapors. I was hoping now that means I have poison on my claws. <laughs> yeah, for the undead creatures who are very susceptible to poisons. Well, we, we also <laughs> are looking for that first mate guy. He's not undead. Cheryl, rub your book in it, and we'll beat people with it. <laughs> so, yeah, speaking of which, like it's, it. it's Cheryl's turn. About time. I don't need to charge. All I need is to use my move action, and boom! That's, wow. uh... Yeah. 36. That's... Eat cold steel. 19 Stop damage. killing these things near me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. I definitely did not appreciate getting hit with that cold iron book. It is now Scram's turn. Scram's, uh, actually, first things first, Scram kind of wants to move out of the puddle. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't want to be, like, ending in his turn on that. I would recommend, like, maybe this square, or or here. Like, with, within ten feet of the other one, I would recommend. Like this square. Oh, uh, and, God, I'm kind of struggling here, because I don't want to waste, like, a lot of good spells on this. Moment um, of greatness. Yeah, I'm gonna throw out a moment of greatness. Okay. 
All right, so then we will move on to Devoth. Okay, Devoth is going to come up here next to Cheryl, and he is going to Vital Strike with uh, Power Attack and all that jazz. Okay. 26 to hit. That hits. For 54 damage. Ridiculous. You should be ashamed of yourself. And I take six back after healing eight, so I end up plus two. Oh, that's right. I didn't take my eight from fast healing, which overheals me. Well, it just puts you to full then, yeah. <laughs> that is stupid, bro. It really, really is. <laughs> you're, you're, all, you're all enablers now. You're part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, fun. Not all of us. Scram and Leon don't take it. It is it's Leon's true. turn. Take the I'm rage, take just rage. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, I What I am going to do is I'm going to cast defensively a levitate so I can marry Poppins the fuck out of here. Okay. Uh, 35 on my concentration check. I'm going to levitate and hover 20 feet in the air. Now, would that upward movement provoke? Yeah, I think it would. Uh, well, I'll, I'll I'll solve that for you because I'll also use a swift action to cast grace, so my movement doesn't. Oh, there you go. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, so this guy is going to fly up twenty feet in the air. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, get the. F- I, no, I dump on it. Get out of here. I'm just joking. So he's going to. You fucker! You gave me a start. <laughs> so he's going to turn to the uh, the next squishiest looking fighter in front of him, and he's going to take a couple swings at Devoth. He's going to full attack. So first claw is a 31 to hit. Yeah, that hits. Second claw is a 33 to hit. So you're going to take 11 damage on the first claw and 10 damage on the second claw, and I need two fortitude saves versus disease. So that's a 20 and a 23. Okay. The 23 saves. The 20 also saves. Yeah. Good for you. Alright, now it's Cheryl's turn. No, sorry, it's Ivan's turn. All right. Ow! I was going to say, that was a pretty quick turnaround. Um, I'll move to here. All right. Uh, that's going to provoke. And Okay, then I will move like this. So I, just I can like basically this? move around provoking, yeah. Well, sure. I would even <clears throat> go like this, so I get the flanking bonus. What? What's your movement speed? 40 feet. 40. Okay, you're fine. That's uh, 29 to hit. That hits. A, it's going to be 28 damage plus the 2 for Moment of Greatness. That's 30 damage. And 1 Lightning, 1 Acid damage. Alright. And then a 30 CMB to grab this fool. That gets him. Nice. Okay, good. No more going after the squishy guys. <laughs> good turn. Uh, so now it's Cheryl's turn. Yeah, I've got. I, I'm pinning his arms back. Just clobber him, <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly what I'm gonna do. And uh, for flavor text, I'm gonna yell, "You're in here with me!" <laughs> uh, Thirty-four. That's yeah. Nineteen damage plus moment of greatness. Twenty-one damage. And don't you get another attack for a full round? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Of course I do. I was. Getting I'll stop. Jeez. I'll stop you right there because you kill it. Way to go! I think it's time for the for the physician to heal thyself. I'm not, uh, I'm not feeling real quick. Well, right though. now, it's time for Fort Sage. Yeah, real quick. It turns into a puddle. Uh, so I need. Oh, I'm on fire tonight. I need Fort Sage from <laughs> Ivan, Devoth, Cheryl, and Leon. Not Leon. Nah, I'm twenty feet in the air. Oh, yeah. No, oh, thirteen. Twenty-seven for Devoth. Twenty-seven for Ivan. Oh, All right, so God. Cheryl. Cheryl contracts the poison. So I'm going to hover back down and ask, hey, Cheryl, can you help me so I don't have to stand in this puddle? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, kind of pull you over a little. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, just like, help me out. Help a brother out. I help. And then uh, I'm going to cast Cure Poison on myself. Or sorry, Neutralize Poison. Okay. I look pretty poisoned, too. Uh, and I give you um, Barrel Eyes, hoping you'll... Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got... I got everybody to line up, but I'm healing myself first. <laughs> Form a single file line, please. <laughs> All right, so cast a level check against the DC of poison. So give me a caster level check. Twenty-six. Uh, whoever that was for, you neutralize the poison. Me. Who's next in line? I think it's just Cheryl. Somehow Scram made it out of that without getting poisoned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just Cheryl. Yeah. Just Cheryl. Yeah. Hey, right. Bop Cheryl. Twenty-three. 
23 gets it. Nice. Yes. And now I think it's time for a remove disease on myself as well. There you go. I think it's the same deal, right? Uh, same thing. Cast a level check. 29. Wow. 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 All right. You're disease free. Way to go. Nice. Ah. Thank God for onsets. How long was the onset on the poison? One minute. Not quick enough. Yeah. Thank thank God for that minute. onset, though, because that was a nasty poison. Yeah. So. Also, everybody heal, the t- heal 26 in case anybody's hurt, and I'm going to channel. Nice. Yay. All right. Way to go. All right. So there's nothing of real interest to look at on this beach. It's pretty, uh, it's just like a rocky beach. Uh, and there's just a bunch of undead corpses and a couple gross looking puddles. West, if beach. you look westward, you see a, a small trail, like a game trail, uh, that leads deeper into the island. Oh, excuse oh, me. That's our heading. And, boys. uh, any, anybody, uh, looking around, uh, given the beach a bit more scrutiny will notice a wrecked longboat. Uh, a little bit to the south. Oh, we've uh, we've dealt with that once. Um... All right, Scram, go fix it. Wait, <laughs> did we? Yeah, because we should probably inspect that. Nope, nope, let's not. Uh, I have a feeling that there's hermit crabs living in there that aren't happy, so we're gonna avoid that. Devoth goes over and checks it out. God damn it! <laughs> they hermit crabs only hang out near destroyed uh, robots. <laughs> <laughs> it's, their, it's their natural environment. Destroyed robots. <laughs> Devoth, you go over, and there are a couple normal-sized-looking hermit crabs, but you're able to stop them pretty easily. And you also see, there you find a plank bearing the name Devilish Duchess upon it. Uh, and you remember that that is indeed the name of the ship uh, that Skaggs Rockrim took through the gullet. Okay. Actually, I am going to grab one of the, like, smaller bits of of wreckage there and i'm actually going to hold on to that because uh no devoth is going to cast the spell track ship with a piece of the ship in hand now hold on um now this is just a oh, piece wait, of I'm the I, I, well but oh. i think the longboat is considered part of the ship itself yeah the fact that the longboat reads as being part of the ship i feel like that should qualify but it only it it shows basically it makes the ship show up on a nautical chart. Oh, interesting. so like, I mean, I'd be I'll hold on to it for now. You but guys it's not really would be pretty do me any good till I get back to the boat. Anyway. You guys would be pretty poor pirates if somebody in your group didn't just have a nautical chart on you. In my opinion, I think he was thinking that we probably left him on the ship itself, though. Yeah, like I don't know why we would bring a nautical chart to an island, an uncharted like, island. I mean, okay, I, I would just assume that like somebody just has like like a map rolled up in their back pocket or something like it, it's probably not the only map you guys yeah have. i pull out my nautical chart and say here use this device <laughs> there you go no that's i'm just gonna pocket this piece of the ship for now just like in case the the ship isn't actually nearby now we can actually track it down all right i have a question how like the forest is how thick is it like would i be able to turn into an owl and like fly up and see through the trees um, or you just see the top hard, of the canopy hard to tell until you get up there all right i do that okay i go owl form and i flap my big old wings and lift off i blow some of the debris around from the force of my gusts okay so you guys are about right here right now ivan you take to the sky and do a quick once over on this island and it's pretty thick trees but there are a couple clearings and you can see right here, there's what looks like some sort of natural spring in a small clearing, but that's about all you can see. The far west coast of the island, you can make out a small encampment that uh, has some makeshift tents, and you can even see people kind of like walking around. Uh, and uh, at this uh, end of the island, you can see kind of like a it's like a rocky cliff looking out to uh looking out to sea and you can see some strange looking statues all sitting on that cliff real quick while he was flying around that southern tip could he see like the mascador still kind of hanging out nearby like we told him to <laughs> up and leave us those guys are assholes <laughs> yeah he can he you can hear see the fucking speech about we all need okay <laughs> So I'm gonna when I circle back around, I'll land on a piece of like on the longboat and say, 
Devoth, I saw an encampment to the west, almost directly west of us. It looks like it's about 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 feet to the west of us <laughs> on the coast. <laughs> um, Hot there damn. were some makeshift tents and stuff. <laughs> there was um, one, two, three, four, five makeshift tents. <laughs> I'm going to see if I can fly over and get a little closer look. Question out of game. Do we know what this first mate looks like? Like, did, Was there like a, you know, a drawn picture of his face with wanted and then the price under it stuck up in the town square? You guys would have probably seen a couple wanted posters around Port Peril because you guys hung out for a little bit to try to raise your infamy, even though you woefully failed at that. Why don't you guys actually give me a perception check? 27 for Devoth. 32 for Ivan. 23 for Cheryl. 10 for Leon. A 14 for Scram. Okay. So, yeah, you, you guys have a rough idea of what he looks like. Okay. Then um, I'm going to fly back over to where the encampment is. But I want to kind of stay pretty low to the canopy of the forest. Like, I don't want to be way up above there where they can see me. And I'd like to find a tree that's, you know, pretty much within eyeshot and earshot of them and what do i see good i'm looking for a the guy himself to see if he's over here b do i what kind of weapons do i see around do i see a lot of swords do i see bows that kind of thing and like how many people are over here and do i see another pirate ship other than the mascador you don't see any other ships. Here's a here's a quick summary of what you see. A swath of barren soil stretches atop a 40-foot-high cliff overlooking the Fever Sea to the west of the isle, sheltered from the sea winds by a lone massive boulder. The boulder rises another 30 feet above the edge of the cliff, an almost pyramidical structure perched precariously at the edge. A half-dozen crude shelters, a little more than lean-tos, huddle around a campfire in the lee of the stone. You see... About a half dozen people, uh, just kind of sitting around, like one person is kind of tending to the fire, but for the most part, they're they're really just like laying about. They don't really look like they are, like they have no idea you guys are here, and from what you can see, they look like castaways. From their body language, like they do not look happy. A lot of them look... Like, they might be nurses. They don't look like natives. No, they don't look like natives. They look like pirates. Uh, but pirates who have maybe been there for a while. You don't see uh, Skaggs Rackham among them. Oh, what did I see weapon-wise? Did I see a lot of swords? Did I see a bunch of bows? Did I see any weapons on them or on the ground? No, yeah, you see, you see a number of cutlasses and crossbows lying around i mean they're they're not just like exposed to the elements but like some of them have their weapons like strung on their on their hips and if you're kind of like moving around to to get different vantage points you would see that one of the tents has a number of crossbows stashed in it so they 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 appear they appear equipped if stranded gotcha okay at this point since i imagine the rest of the group still has a little track I would just kind of say stay hidden in the top branches of a tree close by and basically be like listening to see if I can hear if anybody's like kind of giving orders or directing people. See if I can kind of pinpoint who's in charge while I wait. Okay. How long are you planning on hanging out for? Well, I would probably stay until I was aware that the, um, the group was close by, and then I would fly down to them before they came in sight near shot of the encampment and relay what I had observed. Okay, so so Ivan is uh, is hunkering down, checking things out. What's the rest of the group doing? We'll start walking west. Like if Ivan mentioned it, we'll start walking towards that that spring, and then he can catch up with us, find us when he's done scouting. Okay. All right, so you uh, you trek through the jungle for a quarter mile, and uh, then a sizable clearing opens along this ridge, the edge marked by rows of upturned boulders that almost seem to be keeping the trees back. In the center, a bubbling spring breaks the surface, forming a small series of freshwater pools dotted with mountain lilies and swarming with dragonflies. 
Along the west side, the spring waters race downhill through a series of rocky, moss-covered sluices cut into rock, eventually running down the hillside toward the sea to the southwest. So is anybody going to do anything while they're here, or are you just going to continue on to where you know that that camp is? I don't know. Is there anything uh, magical going on that I should uh, <laughs> be seeing? Anybody hurt? Well, detect magic. Or, uh, well, I cast, don't have to. Cast I have magic. aura eyes. Oh, that's true, you do. This spring would be detecting as magical to you. Give me a spellcraft check. Well, that's news. I, I do relay that to the group, by the way. Oh, this is detecting as magical. And that's a... Oh, I don't think I need to roll. That's a 40. <laughs> so here you go. I'm just going to read the whole thing. Uh, so the spring's blessed waters are highly magical. Among other things, they act as bane against undead. The waters themselves contain traces of positive energy, which radiate outward from the source. A weapon anointed with the waters of this spring gains the benefit of the Undead Bane weapon special ability until sundown. The pool's waters can anoint up to three weapons per day in this manner. A character who drinks from the fountain gains the effects of a Cure Moderate Wound spell with a caster level of 10th. A single character may benefit from the waters in this manner up to once per day. Water bottled from the spring becomes non-magical, yet remains pure and delicious to drink. So, All right. so yeah, pretty awesome spring. I mean... I'm probably going to bottle a little bit of water from this spring. Okay, yeah, I'm going to nestle this bitch. I'm going to take all of it. It's not magical. Yeah, it's I'm not, not going to be magical. Some. It's just going to be... It'd be delicious. Yeah. Every now and again, Scram gets parched. Why not? <laughs> it might be nice to have a nice, like, fancy bottle of really refreshing. Someday sunny yeah. water, if you will. Anybody anointing their weapons? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who's, uh, who's dipping their stuff in there? I think uh, Cheryl and... Uh... Oh, I'm dipping. I mean, I'll dip Chip in there. No reason not to, right? Okay. And, uh, yeah, I guess now we're just going to keep pushing west, right? Yeah. Uh, cutting back to Ivan really quick. There really hasn't been much action, but on a couple of occasions, uh, a dark-skinned woman was approached by uh, several different castaways, and they you know, say something to her quickly, and she says something back, and then they uh, go back to doing not much. So, the, but the impression that you're getting from these interactions is that this woman is likely in charge. So the group then continues to trudge to the west. So before long, Ivan, you would uh, become aware of the rest of your party approaching from the east. I would. Uh, I'd see you guys kind of coming through, and to you guys, I'd be hanging on the bottom side of the branch and be like. What a weird hey. fucking owl that is. Hey, boys. <laughs> I turned my head around 180 to look at him upside down. Sick. Um, I've been listening and watching this encampment over here while you guys were taking your time coming through. I gotta tell you, I don't see our man here. Looks like this darker-skinned lady might be the person in charge. I'm wondering if maybe these were people that got thrown off the boat. They might not be hostiles to us. Well, we're going to go find out, aren't we? All right. I turn my oh head boy. back 180 and uh, sit right side up on the branch. Okay. Now what do you guys do? Just going to walk on and I'll, I'll have Chip out and like be holding him, holding it. <laughs> I'm, gonna be, uh, I'm actually going to... Gently. I'm going to enlarge Devoth. No, you're not. Why not? <laughs> Devoth is not going to accept it if you are. All right, Cheryl, would you accept it? I mean, I do like getting big, but why isn't Devoth taking it? I'm worried it's a trap. Because, <laughs> I mean, that's because I want to go in like I want to be. I want to go in ready, but I don't want to go in like huge. Want to be more diplomatic? On, yeah, full on threatening them. Like I want there to be a chance of an actual dialogue here, not just see the giant half orc walking towards you. Dum 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 dum. <laughs> He's got a point. When I see that, I usually go for my sword first. <laughs> Alright, so Cheryl, are you accepting the enlarge? Uh, if after that explanation, Scram doesn't give a fuck and he's gonna give it to me anyway? I no, mean... I'm, I'm gonna... I, I wouldn't just give it to you anyway. I just wanna be like, eh? Eh? Offering I mean, up. you're not the one that has to be diplomatic. You can be as big as you want. <laughs> and scary I, as you want. I do like being big. So, I would accept it, but it seems like maybe it's not the best course of action. <laughs> So it's either yes or no. Like, Scrape's going, do you want it? Take it, take it, take it, take it. Um, or don't. 
No, or I'll, don't. I'll, I'll pass Don't take now. it. Don't take it. Yeah. So you guys step out all casual in the dark the dark skinned woman's I would be flying above all of this. Right. By the so way. the dark skinned woman, uh, her head snaps over and looks at you and she she jumps to her feet and uh, looks around at the camp and so you see nine people altogether, her included. Three of them are currently sleeping, and she shouts, Intruders, everybody wake up! She she runs over to uh, a tent and starts, like, like tossing out crossbows and, like, tossing into people. And between tossings of these crossbows, she, she looks over at Devoth and company, and she says, Surrender now, or prepare to fight! Prepare to fight! And the rest of the, the rest of the crew is like the rest of the group is is going like oh 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 yeah and like they, so like some of them are like running to retrieve their their weapons and some are scrambling over to get the crossbows they're just extremely unprepared you guys have like a couple rounds to talk before they're actually ready to fight you so like Devos just sees her like running to the tent and starts throwing crossbows out and like whoa 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 we're not here to necessarily we've got you now run away while you can. All right, everybody, stop what you're doing. And I'm going to, like, int- try and intimidate them into sure. just calming down for a minute. All right, so that is a 32 intimidate. Okay, so so the the eight castaways that are following this woman's orders hear you shouting that, and they're reading the room and just kind of stop and drop their weapons, and the woman is, is kind of, like, frantically, like, looking for the next person to hand a crossbow to and sees that nobody else is is currently preparing to fight and she looks back at you and ah, you've bested us. <laughs> oh, wow. I get that a lot. Scram sits down. Is there, like, food next to the fire pit? No. In fact... Oh, okay. I was... What a boss in move fact, that would have been. You're looking around and it looks like everybody here is they're not like a, they're not starving. They're not on the on the brink of death, but they are all they, they've clearly been without creature comforts for a long time, and you get the feeling that they've been scrambling for food every single day that they've been here. Yeah. So Devoth, just seeing them finally like stop and be willing to listen for a few seconds. We're not here to fight you necessarily. We're looking for Skaggs Rockrum. And uh, we heard he was last seen shooting the gullet, and we figured he might have wound up here. The woman points uh, points aggressively at Devoth, and she says, Aha! So you're here with Barnabas Harrigan! <laughs> oh, you have no idea who I am. My name is Pirate Lord Devoth Songcleaver. Nice to meet you. And uh, we want to kill uh, Barnabas Harrigan. But not yet, because there's stuff that we have to do first. But first, we gotta kill Skaggs Rockrim, or at least see him to prison. <laughs> He's saying this, Devoth is just kind of looking at him like, dude, shut the hell up. <laughs> <laughs> Here's all of our plans. <laughs> Ever hear of a gargolava? <laughs> she says, what do you want with Skaggs? What we need is information about Barnabas Harrigan, because we're looking to settle an old score against him, too. And to do that, you need to kill him? She's, like, looking wildly at Scram. I didn't say anything about killing him. This guy's nuts. He's with you, isn't <laughs> he? Hands. He's good if I need to blow things up, but uh, I tend not to listen to him. Well, regardless, uh, Skaggs isn't around anymore, so so that guy's not going to get the pleasure of killing him. But if it's information about... Well, where is he? Somewhere at the bottom of the gullet. Ah, couldn't shoot it, huh? No. Skaggs, is, uh, he, was, he was a great captain and a, a, a great pilot, but when we were about halfway through... Some undead monsters climbed aboard, and there were so many of them. Skaggs managed to to beach the ship on this island. He held them off with a couple more men as long as he could, allowed us to get on on shore. The monsters didn't seem interested in following us. Skaggs didn't make it. Yeah, we seemed like we dealt with a couple of those down on the beach. How many monsters? Yeah, how many swarmed your ship? Dozens. I kind of look at Devoth, like, uh... You say you already killed some. That's that's great, but I don't know. It, we, we've encountered them again on separate occasions, trying to get off this blasted rock. It's, it's like their numbers never end. But if it's information that you want, I do know that Skaggs kept a journal. I don't have all the pieces. He, I, I was his first mate aboard this ship, 
So I, I know that he worked with Barnabas Harrigan briefly. He learned something that spooked him, and he he told me if anything happened to him to make sure I took his journal that he kept on his ship. When we were get, when we were running from those undead, there just wasn't time. But if you want information about Barnabas, it's probably in that journal. Which, from what you tell me, is at the bottom of the gullet, right? I have no idea where the ship is. Last I saw it, it was beached. And she points to the east, to the, the beach that you guys just were on, which you did not see a sailing ship. Because last I saw it, it was it was beached uh, on the on the eastern shore. Oh, that's where we landed. It's not there I know. Now. The next day it was gone. I don't know what happened to it. Oh, that's disconcerting. Even if by some uh, miracle Skaggs survived, there were not enough crew left on that ship to pilot it away. So something else happened to it. All right. Well, uh, my first mate tells me there's some weird like statues down on the southern end of the island. You know anything about those? We've been down there a couple times, and the statues do not like to be disturbed. That's pretty much all we know. What do you mean? Well, we... Like, do they come alive? Do they attack? I never saw the statues move, but some some voice uh, shouted warnings at us when we got too close to step away. And we did, and nothing bad happened, so we didn't go back. So how long have you guys been stuck here? Uh, she she kind of looks around at her, at her crew, and they're, they're just kind of like shrugging, and like one of them's like, like counting on his fingers. And she goes, at least a couple months. I'm not really sure. I've been focused on keeping what's left of my crew alive and in good enough spirits to stay that way. All right, well, I can make you an offer. If you guys can uh, give us some assistance, help us maybe track down that, that journal, see where your ship went, we can get you guys off this island at least. That's fine with me. I can lend an assist. I wouldn't ask any of my men to put themselves in harm's way, though. They've They've been through enough. At the very least, we know we could come back here if we need a uh, some sort of camp for the night. There's strength in numbers and all that. But, uh, all right, I guess we're going to go see if we can figure out where that ship went. Sure. Oh, and uh, make sure you take a drink at that spring a little to the east. It is it, that is some good stuff. Oh, uh, yeah, we yeah. already found it. But uh, okay, thank you. sure. Well, let me know if there's anything I can do to help. But, you know, otherwise, you know, we're, we're not going anywhere. Did you say you had any pieces of that journal, or it was all just lost with the ship? It's all it's all on the ship. I could tell you where it is. Oh, that would help. Uh, she tells you about a small hidden panel in a beam just above Skaggs' hammock in the captain's cabin. She says that it is hidden in that. All right. All right, so what do you guys do? Okay, and I guess with that, we will, I guess, go exploring. Sure. Somewhere. All right, so where do you guys go? So what do you guys think? Should we head back to the beach and see if we can find traces of where the ship might be, or do we go check out these statues? I kind of want to check out the statues, although... Can we still collect like the statues. reward if we brought back traces of the, the ship? The reward is for his head. Yeah, we fought the ship and it sank. <laughs> and we couldn't get his head, but we brought it, got a piece of the ship to prove we sank Sorry, I need his head. What would it take to then disguise yeah. a head? <laughs> <laughs> That's not, funny. not that I want to disguise a head. <laughs> Do we know if there was anything of value on the boat? Like, is it worth even trying to find it? Otherwise, I'd say go check out the uh, statues. Yeah, well, I mean, we, we need that journal. Yeah, we right? need the journal from the boat because that's basically what we came here for. We don't really care about Skaggs Rockerim. We needed the information that he had about Barnabas Harrigan. I care about Skaggs Rockerim. Well, right... I guess against my better judgment, let's go trekking through the fucking ocean. <laughs> no, I wanted to look at the statues, Leon says, <laughs> in, about that voice. <laughs> Question, if Leon wants to check out the statues, can we do it the fast way where he casts Levitate and holds on to my owl legs and I fly him over? I mean, the plan was to meet at the southern end of the island. Forget the plan. I just want to know if what I said is even possible so we can use that at some point. I wasn't listening to what you said because I had a feeling it was going to be stupid. It's pretty stupid. You're not wrong. What is the question? Leon, if he casts Levitate on himself, then be able to grab onto my owl legs and me flying him yep. around. Yep. Yeah. That'll be happening at some point. <laughs> nice. Are you going to show me the world? <laughs> I'm going to show you everything and more, baby. You oh, haven't God. lived until you've seen the world hanging on to owl legs. You know how to make a princess <laughs> blush. So we're going to have a new uh, 
We're going to have a new like scouting duo. It's just going to be a guy flying around being towed by an owl. Yeah, that that won't stand out like a sore thumb. <laughs> but you know what? That's some Is that dude wind gliding? That's an some owl? inspiration for the art contest though, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's true it is. I've been sh- I've been showing Leon the world. Well, screw it. I say we go f- check out these statues. To the statues. All right. To the south. So you trek through the jungle some more, and atop this 30-foot-tall sea cliff loom a half-dozen towering wood-carved heads peering out over the ocean. Each head stands ten feet in height and bears a strangely curious expression. Although carved of wood, the heads seem not to have weathered or become covered with overgrowth. Each appears to have been carved as if only yesterday. What do Scram's magical eyes hmm. see? <laughs> Give me a uh, spellcraft check, Scram, because you are detecting some magical auras. Uh, 37. Okay, so Cheryl and Scram get some good information out of their spellcraft checks. Uh, so the stone heads are magically enhanced to be as hard as iron. Their powers have waned. They are very, very old. But you can infer from your uh, spellcraft checks that in the time of their construction, these heads possessed magical auras that allowed those who dwelled upon the island to use amulets to unerringly navigate their way home through any storm or across any distance. The heads retain an aura of divination. So they were kind of like, uh, they're kind of like special magical compasses. That's Do pretty cool. Do I recognize them from any of my studies? Give like me a knowledge history them. check. 32. You know that, uh... 22. They date back to the lost centuries of the time between modern man and the fall of Golgan. Golgan uh, being the Cyclops empire that stretched most of the continent that the Shackles resides on. You know that these devices are called Dusk Watchers. Is there any reason why, like, why these things would be dangerous towards us? Not based on or any of the information others... acquired. Now, I'll remind you, I haven't heard anybody saying that they've approached these things. Like, you guys just kind of got to the clearing, detected magic, and you're just kind of discussing this from, yeah. like, the tree line. Let's go up and check it out. Yeah. Now that we know kind of, like, the original purpose of them, yeah, let's go check them out. Okay. When you reach uh, a distance of 30 feet from the Dusk Watchers, you hear a voice call out. And it is a loud, booming voice, and it says, Outlanders, step away from the Dusk Watchers or be judged. Uh, judged based on the what? Is there an aura coming from that presence? You know what? No, we... You know what? Yes. Because, so your eyes are basically like detect magic, but like you always have the three rounds of concentration applied to everything. So that normally wouldn't be an, an economical way to spot invisible creatures, but Scram does see a medium-sized magical aura, like 30 feet on the other side of the statues. So, yeah, Scram, make a spellcraft check. 23. Did you roll a 2? Yeah. Yeah, you would know that the aura is from an invisibility spell. So if there's anything different you guys would like to do before approaching, I would let you do that. I go, hold up, hold up, hold up, guys. Um, hey, Leon, you said that you have uh, detect magic. Can you detect out that way? And I point to the direction of which, like, the invisibility You would know that the range of is, the, uh, the detect magic spell is not long enough to notice uh, that one. Oh, okay. You're only seeing it because uh, of your 120 foot range. 60 feet. Uh, I, I can move up. I can move up. If, as long, if I'm 60 feet away, I can do it. In that case, I go, uh, Devoth, um, there's an invisible person, uh, or some sort of invisible aura over there. Uh, Devoth immediately casts the invisibility. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Curses! Uh, okay. So you would see a medium-sized creature. Uh, beneath its cloak, this man-shaped creature appears to be part statue and part metallic machine. And it is facing you, and it is Ooh. it is just kind of stoically watching you. And it has in its hand a bastard sword. You can make a knowledge planes check. Okay. Eight. <laughs> you have no idea what this thing might be. Yeah. 
Now, this has happened before we've interacted Correct. with it, right? Now, yeah, now seeing this thing, the Voth's just going to kind of, like, approach, like, watching the creature and not even looking at the statues. Okay. Like, making it plain that I see the thing there and I All know right, it's there. So... I'm gonna follow. I'm gonna follow Devoth so that when I get sixty feet away, I can do detect magic and try my spellcraft. Okay, well. so you're approaching this thing, and in doing so, you're approaching the statues because this thing is like on the other side of the statues as you guys. And when you get about thirty feet from the right. statues, you hear Outlanders step away from the dusk watches or be judged. And Devoth, you would see this thing like brandish its sword like Power Ranger style and like hold a pose ready to uh, attack you guys if. Uh, if you don't move away. How long have you been guarding these things? Like, clearly addressing him. He does not answer. He seems to be waiting for you guys to step away from the statues. But what does everybody else do based on this? what this thing has said? Devoth, you see that it is not currently taking an offensive action, but it it looks like it's getting ready to charge, and you get the feeling that if you don't step away, uh, it's going to charge based on its body right. language. Devoth will like take a five foot step backwards and repeat the question. Devoth, give me a diplomacy check to try to influence this thing. Thirty four. Okay. He lowers his sword. Uh he seems satisfied with the thirty five foot distance you have from the statues. And he says I have stood watch over the dusk watchers for untold eons. And here I must stay and keep my charges safe from any outsiders who would deface them. And you guys can give me a sense motive check. And everybody but Devoth, give me a, uh, is going to take a minus five on that for not being able to see him. And that's a 31 for Devoth. 10 for me. Yep, uh, Ivan had an 11. 21 for Leon. Okay, so Devoth, you would, you would see in its body language that it is definitely not happy that it is... For whatever reason, this thing is, whether it's a construct or an outsider or some other creature, it's unable to leave these statues. It's guarding over them. Based on the history check that Leon made, you know that these things were made very long ago and that the people who originally made them are long gone. So you could probably infer that the job this thing was originally given is now pointless. And this thing probably understands that. But right. it is still bound by e either magic or honor or something to continue to watch over its charge until either it is destroyed or the statues are. Let's all set right. them free. Yeah, that's my next question. Is all right. Um, how can we release you from your service? Because whatever you're guarding, the, the people aren't coming back. Perhaps you can help me. There is a spring in the middle of the island, blessed by the goddess Phrasma. Oh, shit, that was a Phrasma drink? <laughs> Do I get any special powers from that? I mean, it heals you and you can give your weapons undead bane. Oh, so no extra powers because I'm a follower? Yeah. He says, to release me from my duties, you must anoint the statue's brows with water from the spring. I have that. Hey, uh, I have yeah, that. Scram, hand that over. <laughs> yeah, we happen to have some of that water right here, actually. We we have a bunch of that. I also pull out <laughs> bottles. How much do you need? <laughs> They must be anointed, uh, I don't know, normal forehead amount. <laughs> so one bottle easily cover all three. Yeah, you get the feeling that, uh, I mean, unless you guys have like a little, like, one of those little mini, like, like eight ounce a spray attachment. Of water, you probably have enough for just one bottle. Yeah, would tell him, like, all right, we'll, we will, we'll anoint these for you if you let us approach. He, ta he takes a breath and, and, uh. And, like, looks skyward, and he seems to be collecting himself. He says, I will do my best to allow you to approach the statues. And he sheaths his sword and seems to be, like, really fighting some urge as you guys approach. And we're going to have, like, I'm going to actually instruct Cheryl to be the one to do the anointing, because it seems fitting. Yeah. Oh, that, I really appreciate that. I take that as, uh, as my oath. And then I start talking about how I can't leave until I've blessed all of these different uh, structures. All right, so uh, Cheryl moves forward and anoints these statues. And Cheryl can't see invisibility, so only Devoth would, would see that uh, that this creature is, is like, really, like, like, really 
like he he seems like he is uh he is fighting some programming or magical urge to just charge at Cheryl. Uh and when the sixth statue is anointed, he releases a breath. He's ah, and everybody sees this creature appear as he uh as he releases his invisibility. Uh so everybody besides Devoth can now make a knowledge planes check. I got a twenty nine on my knowledge planes. Ooh, okay. Twenty-four. So Scram and Leon each uh, identify this creature as a Collierate Inevitable. And uh, you know that Inevitable is a type of outsider, like the same as a demon or an angel. And a Collierate is um, a pretty powerful uh, Inevitable. You can each ask uh, one question each. What's their favorite flower? He seems like a tulip fellow to me. Maybe Lilac. He likes the white. He likes the white lotus. Uh, what's its favorite color? Boy, I sure hope we never have to fight this thing at any point. It used to be blue, and then it got stuck looking at the ocean for like <laughs> seven thousand years. So now it just doesn't want to see blue ever again. Slate, slate gray. Oh, so the stones weren't that bad. All right, so uh, so this thing says, "Bring us home, Cheryl." This thing uh, approaches uh, Cheryl, who uh, did the anointing and uh he puts a a heavy metallic hand on cheryl's shoulder and he says thank you father of phrasma my name is lacorian chris i promise i will return this favor and Ooh. and uh and he uh how many he vanishes now? from uh from the island he's he's no longer invisible he's just gone <laughs> dick <laughs> fuck is there any use to these stones now that nobody's guarding them? Like, should we take them? I mean, I yeah. imagine they're pretty Yeah, they're big. each like the size of a person. Could we take pieces of them? If if you if you took pieces of them off, the pieces would lose their magic. And no, okay. there's... Like the magic is tied to the island type of stuff? Yeah. All right, I will okay. leave them be. All right, but yeah, that's uh, that's everything. Down Can there. I restore the magic? No, it's it's kind of like... Once an apple goes bad, you can't, like, throw it in the refrigerator and make it go good again. Yeah, you're not that good, kid. All right, and uh, now that uh, yep. LaCorey and Chris is gone, you guys realize that you can see the Mascador from here. Oh. It's chilling, like, you know, south side of the island like they said they they were. All right, good deal. Well, then I guess uh, having that done, we'll just kind of head, I guess, back to... Or what time of day is it now? It's uh, I'd say it's, like, late afternoon at this point. How far away is the Mascador? Mascador is probably a quarter mile from you, but you could easily signal it from here and they could get closer for Dimension Door. Yeah, do we want to get on the Mascador and start searching for this other ship? Well, I think we want to grab those other guys first and see what they, uh... Unless if Devolt just wants to strand them. Well, what we could do No, we're do getting is... them. Uh, yeah. I didn't know if we were doing the job first. Well, I was thinking, why don't we just go back to their camp? Mainly, I'm thinking because the enchantments on our weapons now, like the undead bane from these, only lasts until sundown. Like, why don't we go and like camp with them tonight, and then in the morning we can re-enchant our weapons and go looking for the ship that is presumably being guarded by a bunch of, you know, water zombies. Well, some of them are some of them are starving. I would probably say like have them bring over like food at the very least. Well, my only thought there is, right now, the only way onto the Mascador from here is with a Dimension Door, unless we wanted to have the Mascador try and run the gullet again without us on it, which I am not going to want it to do. Couldn't I just fly over and tell the Mascador to sail here while you guys trek back, and then... Yeah, or I could just bring it... Yeah, you could do that, Mr... Owl man, yeah. Or can I just bring everyone along with me by like touching my shoulders, and then I go like over to the mask? It would take a few castings. Well, you, you can only bring so but many. Yeah, people, you could yeah. do that. Also, I just like to point out how wildly Scram can jump between serial killer and altruism. <laughs> <laughs> He's amazing. Kill him. We can't leave them, guys. Like well, they don't I mean, even. We're not gonna kill all of them. Might as well save them. Like one of the two has yeah, to have. There's no, there's no gray area though. There's no in between. <laughs> right, there is no middle. If ground. we don't kill them, um, then we um, save them. 
I'm chaotic neutral. I don't know if I'm actually chaotic neutral, but I think I'm going to oh, play it. Scram. I think you're pretty on. chaotic neutral. Rest assured, you are chaotic neutral. <laughs> I don't think there's ever been a better example. All right, so what's the plan? Um, well, at the very least, I think I should at least fly to the Mascador and tell it to spend the night up here. Yeah, that's that's probably a solid idea. Have it come over to the western side of the island where... Because I definitely want dinner and my own hammock. Like, fuck camping out on the top of that cliff with those fools. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Well, yeah, we'll send Ivan to the Mascador, have it sail over there, and we'll have Ivan just, like... He can go owl and carry, like, a couple sacks of food back over so these people aren't just starving anymore. Oh, that's not what I meant, but, yeah, I guess I can do that. A good plan. We we do that. I fly over and assume acting Captain Ivan and direct the ship. <laughs> so, yeah, we send Ivan over to the Mascador. He tells them to sail over to the west, and he brings back food, and we all camp with the, the, the marooned people for right, Except for Ivan, who just flies back over as an Sweet. owl to sleep in his own hammock. He's not wrong. <laughs> All right, cool. So uh, the uh, the maroon sailors uh, are very grateful uh, for the assist and just seeing the ship like moored out, uh, ready to uh, pick them up uh, as soon as you guys have your mission completed. Uh, it has them all in very high spirits. You guys camp out for the night, and we'll pick it up tomorrow morning next week. Oh, no. No mid-combat this time. See ya. See ya. See ya. See ya.